0: What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and change makers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your host, David Watts, And once again, it is What's Involved. It's so good to have you along with
1: us. Special guest tonight, one that uh, I have been told repeatedly that I need to get hold of and speak to. So I thought, what the heck? Let's do that. Who am I talking about? Well, her name is Jessica Peter. Hello, Jessica. Welcome.
2: Hello. How are you? I'm so glad to be here.
1: I'm so glad we finally managed to get this right. It's taken yes. a while. Let's be honest, but uh, that's more me than <laughs> me than you. Uh, do you do you prefer to be called Jessica or Jess?
2: Jess.
1: Jess. Fantastic. Yeah. Jessica
2: just seems really long.
1: It does, and you know, if you yeah. if you if you're, if you're a, a radio presenter like me, you you don't like to use long words. Um, <laughs> all right, Jess. Let Let's start off uh, and and give me a little bit of history. Of Jess. Uh, at the moment, uh, the way that I came uh, to to learn about you is uh, through a friend of mine, and I believe a friend of yours now as well. And yeah. uh, he said to me, you've got to talk to this young lady. She does these inspirational talks and motivational talks. And and I said, fantastic. Is she local? Is she South African? He said, absolutely. So here you are. Take it away. Tell me a bit about Jess.
2: Okay. Well, um, I am turning 20 actually tomorrow. So I was born in 2003. Um, well, yeah, my name's Jess, so that's me. Um, around about the age of 11, I was told that I had a brain tumor because we, well, ever since I was little, around four years old, I kind of grew up with headaches, migraines, it was just this continuous cycle, and we didn't, we couldn't figure out what was causing my headaches. I went for numerous tests, like allergy tests. Um, I eventually got reading glasses, and the doctors, you know, kept telling me, you know, it's you're going to go for hundreds of tests, but we're not going to actually figure out what's causing your headaches. So then, eventually, at the age of ten, that's when I got my reading glasses, um, and we thought that would stop my headaches from, you know, continuously occurring. But the next year, my mom was like, you know what, Jess, let's go for a checkup. Maybe you, you need your glasses to be strengthened. So we went for a checkup. It was uh, around about m- the end of April, May. Um, I went in to the optometrist. We had my appointments and whatever. And then she was like, no, this is not normal. Jess, your optic nerve is swollen. And it was, you know, incredibly swollen. It wasn't, it not a usual thing at all. Um, So I was sent to an ophthalmologist and that's obviously an eye specialist. So I went there with my mom also, and he did a bunch of tests as well, looked in my eyes, used all this fancy equipment. And then that's when he said, no, you have a tumor, a brain tumor. Uh, So my mom was in shock. I didn't know what that entirely meant because I was so little, I guess. So I think it was the same day I was sent for MRI scans, cat scans to like confirm the the brain tumor situation um and then we got the results back and it was confirmed so i did have a brain tumor so my mom actually refused to leave that place until it was all confirmed and we knew what was happening so eventually we were on the way home my mom was crying she doesn't remember how she got home um i think she was just in shock and we phoned the gp we sent her all the scans and then she's like no you do you do have a brain tumor so then she said that we should go to her offices the next day um so we went there at eight o'clock the next morning and then she looked again at the scans. she's like okay no go home pack your bags i'm gonna um, admit you into hospital so she called up all the doctors um so she admitted me into sunning hill hospital so i was there um i think it was the friday and then i was admitted either the friday or the Saturday. And then already the Tuesday, May the 13th, that was when I went in for my operation. The day before that, I had an angiogram done and it was unsuccessful because of all the swelling that the optic, the the optic nerve was swollen, the tumor was just causing too much chaos. So that was unsuccessful. So then the next day I went in for my operation, it was 11 hours. Um, and ironically, this happened when I was eleven. so it's yeah, kind of funny. Um,
1: but- <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people just at the mention of tumor would not find anything funny. So um I, I, i'm I'm amazed. So just, just let's let's just clarify though what kind of a tumor was it? Was it cancerous?
2: No, so they didn't know if it was cancerous. So after my operation, they sent it in for testing, but it came back negative. So it wasn't cancerous or anything. It's apparently a really rare tumor. It's called an epidermoma, I think. That's how you sure. say it.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like kind of one of those situations where it's one in a hundred kids will get this tumor, and the doctor was literally he he doesn't he doesn't have an answer to how it came across me, like, is it a generic thing? Maybe he, like, it's it's that rare that they don't know how someone would pick up a tumour like that.
1: Wow, so, okay. Yeah. How big was it? I mean, they they were scrabbling around in your brain for 11 hours. I mean, how, how big was this
2: thing? Um, the tumour was about, I think it was four or five centimetres big. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I know my scar, I had about 37 stitches. Um, he, he, like, um, cuts open by the hairline, I guess, so you can't really see the scar, but it's quite, quite big.
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah. now there they go. Crack your skull open like an egg and fish around yeah. in there and remove a tumour. Thank goodness, not <laughs> cancerous, no. but... When it was out and then they, they sort of showed you up again, what was it like? I mean, you were 11. This must have been terrifying.
2: To be honest, I was sedated most of the time because um, since it was uh, like a head surgery, they said that there was going to be a lot of pain and everything. So I had a lot of wacky hallucinations. Um, some of them were really weird, but like just what I can remember from hospital is it's all like fragmented. I remember sometimes waking up. Um, I remember the hallucinations and because I like, because my vision was affected by this operation, um, like I don't, it was all kind of dark to me. So all I can kind of picture is like kind of like shadowy because you know, I couldn't really see. Um, <clears throat> I think my vision then was a bit worse than it is now. So I think because the optic nerve had a bit of time to heal over the years, it's it's better, but not still not great. Um,
1: okay, so, but, so let's yeah, talk it was about. Terrifying. Yeah, let's let's talk about this quickly though, because <laughs> you have this operation, and and it all happened fairly quickly, and. Um, Obviously, they had to operate to remove that tumor to, to relieve the pressure on your optic nerve. Mm. But you went in because of vision problems. And, I, and, I, and as I said, when when I, when I got a mail from you, it said blind motivational speaker. And I know, like, I felt like an idiot this morning typing to you saying, <laughs> my microphone has a problem. I'm like, David, she told you she was a blind motivational speaker. You know, yeah. and, and I don't I don't braille or anything like that. How yeah. bad is your vision? How much vision do you have?
2: So before my um, operation, I also started kind of having blackouts. Like I would, my vision would just go black and then we would come back a few seconds later. Um, so I was kind of fast-sighted. I just used my reading for, um, I just use my glasses for reading. Um, and then after the operation, the doctor said because of the swelling done by the tumor on the optic nerve, um, my actual optic nerve is damaged. So he, what I have is called optic atrophy. Um, and I'm proclaimed legally blind because of how bad my vision is. Like there's obviously there's a whole rainbow, I guess, of blindness because there's different types of blindness. So my vision right now, um, my central vision, so out of the pupils of your eyes, it's completely black. And then it's kind of like pinpricks of lights. That's kind of there, like hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if my brain's kind of trying to fill in the gaps or something. It's not doing a very good job. But anyway. <laughs> um, and then my peripheral vision, so out of the whites of your eyes, but only um the outer parts, I would say. Um it's extremely blurry to the point where I don't have depth perception or um, well, I'm colorblind because everything just fades into everything else. So I won't be able to make out a step or a glass door, uh, <laughs> a pole. I actually Ooh. ran into a pole when I was 12 and had to get stitches. So that
1: was fun. I can I can imagine, you know, and, and I mean, it's, we, we can sort of talk about this in a lighthearted manner, but I mean, here you are, a young lady, you, you're sort of hitting your teenage years, and suddenly everything that that people that are cited take for granted is gone from you. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people that would have right then and there put their hands up in the air and say, all right, can't do this. Can't see. Can't do anything. So I'm not going to do anything more. And uh, yet, you you haven't done that. One of the most immediate challenges, though, I would imagine, is when it comes to dating. How do you know that you you know if you if you're dating somebody good looking? Do you have to? Does somebody have to tell you?
2: Yes, so I have like my I have like my wing people. They're so my best friend, he he always he's like, okay, hey, Jess looks as a chick you can figure out the personality <laughs> oh
1: good good well listen uh, we're going to dive a bit more into into the rest of your story and, and why you do what you do right now uh when we come back this is what's involved my special guest is a uh, jessica peter and uh what a wonderful story and and just what she does is fantastic more from jess
0: uh, when we come back in just a bit You're listening to What's Involved with David Watts. Have you been to our website? Check it out, www.whatsinvolved.com. And while you're there, click on the coffee mug icon and buy David a cup of coffee. He'll love it. And we're back. What's Involved? It is my special guest is
1: Jessica Peter. And uh, we're talking about her story, what happened, how she dealt with it, and, and what led to her Uh, wanting to become a a motivational. I don't like the word motivational so much. I prefer inspirational because to me, you know, motivate, somebody motivates you, they can come in there and they can make you all hyped up and excited. And then the next Monday you go back to what you were doing and nothing's changed. Inspirational speaking, however, is something that sticks. This is just my opinion. So you've obviously finished school, Jess. Yeah. Did you, did you stay at um, a normal school or did you have to go to a, a school for visually impaired people?
2: Um, I was told to go to the school of the blind, but I was very determined and comfortable staying in my mainstream school. So the school was actually really kind enough to, um, you know, try and figure out ways to keep me there and work with me to help me through the education because this obviously happened in grade five. So it was – finishing primary school then into high school so the school did do a lot like they installed um tv screens that connected to the smart boards so i had this mini tv screen on my desk where i was a lot closer and then with the vision that i do have i could kind of make out what was being written on the board um I have when I studied my scribe. I had a scribe that went with me to school, so my scribe would literally read all my notes onto an audio recording on my phone, and then that's how I would study like speeches or tests, exams. Um, and then I had extra time for my tests and exams because reading took me a lot longer, um, and also with diagrams because I did physics, all metric. Um, oh, you Yeah. Like I uh, know, I know, I am,
1: I am. <laughs> can I can I, is, I just tell you can I just tell you something? As as another part of what we do is um we do these textbooks and, and uh we're now doing a whole lot of explainer videos for a company called Docencia. So they do a lot of these textbooks. So okay. I'm doing the voices for these videos that they're making. Oh. And I look at some of that physics stuff and I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, there's no way. Now now you tell me you do it. And you have impaired sight. Wow. Okay. All right. So, so let's, let's move along a little bit. You managed to finish high school. Where, where did this desire to, to talk to people about it? Because you come across, um, and just talking to you now, you come across as a, as a very bubbly, vibrant, confident person, which if you were to first learn Jessica's blind, you would, you would think that there, that, that you wouldn't be all of these things. You know, yeah. and I know a lot of people go when they hear that you're blind, they suddenly talk very slowly to you for some reason. I'm not yeah, sure like, what that's all about.
2: I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> um, so I think it was around last year, June, when I started up with the whole idea of becoming a speaker. Um so I I actually started university last year at the University of Pretoria and I was doing foundation-based teaching but it was all online because of the whole lockdown situation and social distancing. So I was always finished with my work. Like I would do work ahead, but I'd like, I'd be done by 11 in the morning or something like that. Like it was crazy. So I was really bored in the afternoon. So I needed like a hobby or something. Um, And then I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe speaking isn't, you know, it's, it's actually a good idea. And me and my mom sat down on the couch one day and then she found a trainer And then, um, that would just kind of, you know, help me structure a speech just to get me started. And then I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do it because like since my operation, I'd always be the one getting helped and needing assistance, constant aid all the time. And just to have the capability of helping others, it's, it makes me feel a lot more independent and empowered, like just within myself, just to be able to help others because there's not many like situations where I'm going to be able to help others because I can't see. So just having this kind of help over others or to guide others in different situations, at least being able to do that, that's very ironic. Um, So yeah, just having that capability to help others instead of people always helping me, that kind of also was an impact on why I did this
1: what do you what do you speak on Jess and what 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 sort of is your is your main topic is it is it you know overcoming obstacles? what do you talk about?
2: So I based my whole speech on like my disability or disabilities um, but I've kind of learned to branch into different areas so I will use like all, all that I've learned in my life, um, going from able body to, you know, gaining a disability, I take all those lessons and then I apply it to different situations that other people may be in. So, um, I've done corporate worlds, I've done schools, um, I've done award ceremonies. So I take my disability as kind of a main idea And then I bring in all these different situations or circumstances that other people want me to address. And then I can just apply it to all these different things. So one of my main topics is um, overcoming obstacles and overcoming disabilities or just general problems in life. And also, you know, taking an empathetic approach in life, because it was like you said, when people figure out that I'm blind, they, they don't really take an empathetic approach. It's more sympathy. It's more shame rather than believing that I am capable of doing everything that everybody else can do.
1: Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, I, I've, I've grown up. Um, I had, I had some of my challenges. People know my story. I ripped at the top of my mouth, the roof of my mouth open when I was four and I was told I was never going to speak again. Um, and if oh I did gosh. speak, I was going to have a speech defect. And the only problem with that whole situation is nobody told me that. So I didn't know I wasn't supposed to speak, so I just carried on. Yeah,
2: you just carried um, on speaking.
1: You know, and I've got a, I've got a sister who's been born with a disability as well. So I know what it's like. I know how people treat you. Um, specifically mm. with with my sister, you know, they'll see her and they'll see her in a wheelchair. And then, as I said, I made the joke earlier, but then everybody talks a lot slower to her and it's, oh, shame. And she doesn't want sympathy. That's That's yeah. not what she wants. So yeah. I think the whole empathy side of it is, is amazing. I was I was chatting to somebody the other day in terms of where our corporate worlds are at the moment. And that's one thing that that we are lacking in a big way in corporate South Africa. And, and I think it started before COVID, but COVID's got a role to play. Um is we've lost that empathy, we've lost that love um, yeah. for our fellow man. And and I think if I understand you correctly, that's the kind of thing you talk about.
2: Yeah. Just the whole general idea of humanity um, and it doesn't just need to be towards you know people with disabilities it's just people in general because it, it, yeah, it's like you said like people have become so I don't know like more self-aware of themselves rather than others and it's it's just not normal anymore to reach out um, so yeah you know,
1: absolutely no I would agree with you 100 percent and, and the problem is, and, and I've spoken to a lot of uh, people that are, that are high up in various corporate institutions and uh, they say that as well, you know, it's, it's very much a me first dog eat dog world out there and people, yeah. people are suffering and, and people's mental health is, is taking a hammering and yeah. here comes Jess to go, Hey guys, you know, um, I've got this challenge with, with my vision. Um, and I've had all these challenges. They cut my head open and whipped out, a, <laughs> whipped out a tumor, and hopefully not too much of the brain. Because you know that's, that's the thing. I always yep. imagine them using a spoon and just scooping it out. So I just never really know. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's we're going to have a break now. When we come back, though, let's let's dive in a bit more to the whole concept of of empathy and and humanity, because I think that is is incredibly important so we'll talk about that when we come back it is what's involved my special guest jessica peter uh, motivational no inspirational speaker that's what i'm going to call her from now on.
0: and uh, we'll be back in just a bit we'll be right back with more what's involved david would love to hear from you to leave a voice message visit what's and click drop me a voice note and we're back with uh, my
1: special guest, Jessica Peter. Uh, so just before the break, Jess, uh, I said I, I'm fascinated about the fact that you uh, can, can can stand in front of people and, and talk about things like empathy and humanity. Now, I know that uh, you spoke to a very big corporate not so long ago um, that, a, that a mutual friend of ours, uh, I think, put in a good word for you. It was Liberty, wasn't it, that you that you spoke yes. at? Yes. Um, what was your topic for Liberty now?
2: Um, So for Liberty, I kind of also branched out into the whole context of the, you know, job world and everything like that, Um, and kind of basing my speech on not only just daily struggles with a disability or any struggle, but also in the workplace. Um, Like, you know, sometimes you, you get up on a Monday morning, there's no coffee, and then you have this stack of paperwork that you have to do. But you just need to kind of find the motivation um, to get through your week, get to the the Friday vibes that you want to reach. Um, So I kind of also used my disability and my um, whole journey to kind of apply to the corporate world and to maybe issues that may be in the corporate world. Because I know sometimes it's a financial struggle, you know, uh, like, there's load shedding. There's all these different e- economical problems that are happening. Um, petrols going up like these, all of these different things that people will have, you know, it's all new. Or I wouldn't say new, but it's you, you're you going to have to get used to these things. Um, the world keeps changing. It's might not be going your way, but you, you just have to learn to deal with it and look for the positive side and try and just push through to where you want to be.
1: Now, talk to me about that for for Jess herself, because I know, and and I don't consider myself disabled in any way other than being a radio presenter. But uh, I I wake up some mornings and I think, you know what? I'd actually just like to stay in bed. I don't want to face the world. I don't want to do anything. This morning, I had I had a, a, a an issue. I was supposed to be recording some voiceovers early in the morning. I like to do it very early because. I get up very early and we have a young uh, Rottweiler puppy. Okay. And they all went running out this morning when we let them out at four o'clock to go now and explore the world and bark and tell everybody who the boss is. And he ran straight into the swimming pool at four o'clock. So I had to fish him out. I got him out and he was sort of between my legs. Now I still had my pajamas and my slippers on at this stage. Yeah, and then he proceeded to shake himself dry. Oh, I was soaked at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and I had a little temper tantrum, and I simply refused to do my voiceovers. Now, <laughs> that <laughs> that you can you can say that's just me being a prima donna, which it probably is, but these are things that happen to all people, and and you must have yeah. challenges. I mean, you know, I get up in the morning. My routine is when I do get dressed. Um, you know, I take for granted that I can shave and, and and brush my teeth and have a shower and then just whip the first thing that's on the top of the pile of clothing in the cupboard and get dressed. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about whether I look good or not because, yeah. wow, it's my, it's my voice that people want and I'm old and grumpy okay. anyway. But you are a young lady. How does that kind of stuff, does it get you down?
2: Not really, to be honest. Um, obviously, like... The whole, um, I'd say the thing that hit me the hardest, um, like as a struggle or something that I can't do like normal people, um, is get a driver's license. Um, I went to my, one of my close friends' birthdays, um, like his 18th birthday and then his parents surprised him with a car. And then, you know, we, we all went outside. Um, they were clapping, you know, congratulating everyone was super, super happy, Um, and then it kind of hit me then that I wasn't going to get an opportunity like that. Um, so that was probably the thing just in general life that hit me the most. Um, and also going to parties maybe, and, you know, people have a good time. They do weird stuff that, you know, it's, it's funny, but sometimes those visual comedy kind of things I miss out on. Um, so I think that also gets me down because then I kind of feel like I'm fading into the background and not really there with everyone. Um, But things like brushing my teeth or um, just, I don't know, getting changed or, you know, getting dressed in the morning, I kind of, um, I figured out ways to do those things. So it doesn't really get me down. Uh, Like with my clothing, I've learned all the colors of each different clothing item that I own. um, And then which pair matches which pair. Um, even with shoes, I've memorized which shoes should go with each piece of clothing. It's like <laughs> my whole life is basically based on memorizing things. Um, yeah, that's that's basically what it is.
1: But I think this is the gist of what I'm getting at, Jess, is you've got this disability, which most people, let's be honest, would, would, would literally want to collapse in a heap with and go, that's it. Life as I know it is over. You have decided... No. Um, you talk about memorizing clothes, memorizing your shoes. What What do you think is it that makes you want to do this? How does Jess motivate Jess?
2: Um, I have never actually thought about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just not one of those people who lets themselves think about, you know, all the bad, um, all the what ifs. Um, I kind of ever since my operation, I don't know, people say that I changed after my operation, like my personality, um, my attitude, everything changed to like a more positive thing. I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how much it did change, but they say I I became a lot more bubbly. I became a lot more positive. Um, like I was just a more happier person. Um, I'm not saying when I Like before the operation, I was depressed and sad and whatever. But afterwards, I just had this more determined attitude. Uh, So I think having that, I just kept like, I always push myself to do the best that I can um, and, you know, figure out ways to be independent because I've learned that a lot of people just expected me to kind of not be able to do things. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I just push myself to always prove people wrong. I guess that would be my answer.
1: <laughs> well, that that's that's not a bad answer at all. I mean, um, I think you know, being in your mom's uh, in your mom's place when uh, her her daughter says I want to be a motivational speaker, your mother must have just about fallen off the chair.
2: <laughs> um, not really. It was kind of like a team decision. Um, she's actually called my momaja. She has that position.
1: Oh, I love it.
2: Yes. So we kind of, we were just like speaking about it and then, um, I'm like, maybe it's not such a bad idea. And then she's like, so do you want to do it? I'm like, sure. Why not? And then, yeah, there it was.
1: I think that's, that's incredible. Um, Jess, how's it going in, in this, in this, because Corporate speaking and inspirational speaking is a cutthroat industry. I can tell you because I've been on the fringes of it. Um, How is it going for you? Are you, are you getting nice bookings? Are you enjoying it? Are you getting good feedback?
2: Yes, I am. Um, Well, okay. Starting with the bookings, I've actually done quite a few. Um, My first talk was in August last year and um up till now I would say I've done maybe 15 talks, 20 talks, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, so a lot of people are booking me and um I've actually started noticing that there's a lot more recommendations from other people to schools or companies. Um, and they now everyone's starting to kind of contact me instead of me contacting them. So the word is getting out, um, which I'm really, really happy to see um and then just the general feedback from people it's i think this is what i love most about being a speaker for people is to hear the feedback and to see the difference that i'm actually making um cuz i've actually reached people all around the globe so i have people on instagram um that i've kind of become friends with with my social media in america in italy in london um like all over the world and it, they all the feedback that I'm getting, it's all positive and, you know, just gratitude for maybe putting a voice out there to disabilities or helping them gain the confidence to, you know, kind of come to terms with their disability. Um, and then the feedback from the talks, you know, I'd like to get write-ups um, sent back to me to see, you know, what must I change? What must I maybe improve on? And a lot of it is positive and, you know, considering that I'm relatively new, um I didn't expect all this positive um, feedback, but it's just all the feedback. it's 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 mental. it's I don't even know. Like I'm just so grateful and it makes me so happy.
1: You know what I think it is. to be honest, just having chatted to you and not having met you in person is I think people can pick up on your passion and your enthusiasm and your positiveness. And I think, it's it's like this breath of fresh air. And I think corporate South Africa needs it. Um I also applaud you on going out to the schools because I think, you know, let's be honest, schools may not be where you're gonna make a lot of money, but schools yeah. will certainly be where you can make a huge impact. Yeah. Um and, and I and I think you enjoy the schools as well, don't you?
2: Yeah. Like I try and make it interactive for the learners. So I have like um concentration grabbers. So I have a song that I kind of, um, found when I was, you know, coming through high school and whatever it's called the champion. So I use that in my speeches, um, to make sure that everyone's focused. I teach them the most important lyrics that I got, that I think are the most important lyrics, um, to like help them remember. And then I make them repeat it to me so that they can, you know, kind of start to find something that will help them, you know, stay motivated and inspired like that song did for me. So, um, and just speaking to learners, um, that's where I wanted to kind of start my journey with because of the experiences I had through school, because, you know, kids weren't very nice towards me having a disability. So I want to try and, you know, try and make a difference and not let other people go through the same things that I did. Um, But I also do want to reach out into corporate because I know there's a lot of people in corporate that have these, you know, high platforms, but maybe somebody under them is too scared to say something or just, you know, any issues. It's, I just want to try and address them because people think that it's such a taboo subject to talk about. But I think it just should be a general thing, like a general conversation that you should have and addressing schools, especially teaching learners from a young age about these subjects. It makes it a lot easier when they grow up. Um, So yeah,
1: Mm, Wonderful. Righty-ho, my special guest is Jessica Peter. This is What's Involved. When we come back, wrapping it up with Jess and uh, finding out how you can get hold of her uh, and uh, maybe get her to your school, your business, all of that and more when we come back. It is what's involved.
0: This is what's involved. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. More next. And we're back, wrapping it up. Uh, what's involved?
1: It is Jessica Peter has been my special guest. So, Jess, before I get into where we can contact you and how we can contact you, I'll ask all of my guests what's next for Jess?
2: So with my speaking, <clears throat> I want to try and grow it to an insanely huge form. I know that's maybe a big step, but I believe in setting high goals. Um, so just expanding my motivational speaking, um, reaching out to more schools, uh, more corporate industries. I I don't I don't want to stay just here in South Africa like I want to be able to have opportunities to go speak in America and Europe you know like all over the world I want to try and address as many people as possible um so yeah I just want to grow my motivational speaking um help as many people as I can I'm thinking actually I, I I've kind of started looking into it but not properly I want to try and maybe start an organization to raise funds to maybe help other people with disabilities that can't afford like the machinery or the magnifiers technology that I was able to get. Um, so maybe starting a foundation like that. Um, yeah, I'm just growing. Maybe getting a book out or something. Nah. Like I'm really, yeah, I'm optimistic about it. And it's it's, <laughs> no, listen,
1: it's all about audacious goals. And, and, and I firmly believe yeah. in that. But I was going to ask you about a book because I think a book would be brilliant. Um, yeah. I know people, if you ever need any help with that. Um, But (laughs) but let's quickly talk about if somebody wants to get hold of you and book you for either a school or a corporate event or whatever, what is the best way to get hold of you?
2: So for bookings, I would generally recommend my email. That's flyingoneblind at gmail.com. Otherwise, they can also book through my website, which is www.flyingblindsa.com. Um, otherwise my Instagram is X underscore flying blind underscore X and also I have Facebook, which is just flying blind.
1: Okay. So let's, let's stick with one because I need to be able to repeat that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, the website is a great place to go to find out more about yeah. you. So yeah. it's www.flyingblindsa.com. Yep. There we go. Flying blind Essay, all one word flyingblindsa.com, you can get hold of Jess there. And uh, she gets back to you very quickly, I must tell you. Um, (laughs) I'm very impressed with the the speed that you reply. Anyway, listen, wraps it up for this edition of What's Involved. Jess, thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us. And I know you're going to be doing great things. I know we're probably going to be chatting again and we'll look back on this particular discussion and go, wow, those were the days. Um, But uh, I wish you all the very, very best.
2: Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolute pleasure. There we go. As I said, wraps it up for this edition of What's Involved. To each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take
0: care, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Involved. We hope this episode inspires you to find your passion and live your dream. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast and to see what's happening, what's going on, and what's coming. Follow What's Involved on Facebook and Twitter at What's Involved. Thanks again for listening.